Hello, thank you for joining me this Sunday evening as I talk about the Holy Spirit as, and as I talk specifically about the flow of the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about the life of Joseph, the life of Joseph as well. And we spoke about Joseph a few weeks back, but I want you to understand the revelation and the insight that Joseph had received from the Lord and how he put that to use as he interpreted dreams and has, as he found favor in Potiphar's sight, and then later how he found favor in Pharaoh's sight. So this message is for those, uh, those of you who just can't see a way out of your situation. You can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I've been there quite a few times where, you know, I was surrounded by darkness and I couldn't see the light. But I thank God that Jesus is with me. I thank the Lord that he is with me and he never leaves us alone. The Holy Spirit never leaves us alone. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, Emmanuel, for joining me. Thank you for each one who has jumped on, and I pray that you continue with me in this message. So I think each person out there has been through something or is in the middle of something right now that they find very difficult, that they find uh, and they see as a trial. They found themselves in the middle of this turmoil and this stress and this testing and tribulation. But I'm here to tell you that there's a way out. And Joseph inspires us. His story inspires us to see that there is a way out. And sometimes you have to endure, but you're not enduring these things alone. So I choose his story because Joseph went from the prison to the palace by believing the promise of God for his life. Hallelujah. He believed the word of God. He believed the word of God that was spoken over his life, and he held on to that promise. He held on to that dream, and sometimes all you need is one dream. Hallelujah. He had a series of dreams, but if you have one dream, one prophetic dream, one prophetic utterance, one word from God that you can hold on to, hold on to it in this time. Hold on to it in those times of difficulty that you find yourself in, and that can carry you through. There's an anointing on that that can bring you through to the other side. So please open your Bible with me to Genesis chapter 39. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 39, we're going to read all the way through from verse 1 to verse 23. Verse 1 to verse 23. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the garden in Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass that these things, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in my house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, 
because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard and I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept her garment, or she kept his garment with her until his master had come home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened, as I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this matter, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were, with, who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Isn't that an amazing thing? Everything that Joseph did, the Lord made it to prosper. And I pray for my family. I pray for my friends, for my loved ones. I pray for us all. I pray for my ministry and all the body of Christ out there that God puts or places that Joseph type of anointing on us all that we would prosper in all that we do. And he was walking in the promises of God. He was walking after the promises of God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him. And as we have the Holy Spirit not only on us, but in us, we're to hold on and endure through those trials and tribulations. And in that, we're going to find favor in the eyes of God as Joseph did. And we're going to be promoted. We're going to go to greater levels in him and with him if we trust in the Lord. It's one thing to believe on the Lord. It's one thing to believe on the name of Jesus Christ. It's another thing to trust. And how can we trust if we don't know him? You see, Joseph had a deep, intimate relationship with God where he knew the character of God. He knew what God was about, that he was good, that he was faithful, that he was gracious, that he was true. And that's why he knew that he could trust him. He had encountered him in those dreams that he had from a youth. He had encountered his presence. So maybe you need to encounter the presence of God tonight. Maybe you need to encounter him through a dream, through a vision. Hallelujah. Maybe Jesus just needs to touch you, but you need to be hungry. You need to be hungry for a touch from God. You need to be hungry for a visitation. Hallelujah. So, Lord, let's just let's just cry out to the Lord right now. Let's just stir up the spirit. Let's just tell him we're hungry for more. Tell him we're hungry for more. I'm hungry. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're hungry for your presence. 
like Moses, we, we cry out and say, show us your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. I want to see your face. Show us your glory. We want more of you, Lord, from your presence is where we can draw all that we need, Lord. So stir up your spirit right now. Lord, stir up your spirit. We want more of you. Release more of yourself to us tonight, Lord. Help us to have revelation into the things that we are speaking about, into your word that we read tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So the story of Joseph begins a couple chapters before what we just read. In chapter 39, Joseph was envied by his brothers. There were a few reasons for this envy and their indifference, but it all came down to the fact that he, he found favor in his father's sight. The way they thought about killing him, but threw him into a pit instead. They eventually decided to sell Joseph into slavery. This way they could profit off of him or make a profit. But little did they know what would happen years later when they would, uh, when they would have to travel to Egypt and see Joseph again face to face. Little they, did they know that he would endure this test, this tribulation, and that they would see him again. But before he was ever made ruler over Egypt, he was first promoted in Potiphar's house. Let's start there, in Potiphar's house. Let's take another look at chapter 39, verse 30, or, or excuse me, chapter 39, verse 2. Let's take a look back at that verse real quickly. So it says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So what part of being a slave screams success to you? It doesn't seem like a successful role, but in that role, he was successful because he had the hand of God on him. He had the favor of God upon him. Hallelujah. Wherever he went, he learned to serve and love the Lord with all of his heart, with all that he had. And that's why he was successful in every position and every role that he played throughout his life. So it says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. This verse blows my mind every time as I think about, in the natural, what you would think about his position, and then also about the spiritual side where God is calling him successful. So God's definition of success is serving Jesus wherever you are. I truly believe that. I believe that we find that here. We find God's definition of success because you know that he is with you. When you serve him because you know that he is with you, because you know that he is good, that's how we overcome. That's how we learn how to serve God. The result of this, of this faithfulness is prosperity in every area of our lives. So Joseph was confident in the fact that God was not only with him, but that God would deliver him, that he would deliver him from this situation, from this position, from being in slavery, from being caught in slavery. So verse four goes on to say that Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight. The reason for this was that Potiphar recognized the fact that everything Joseph did prospered because the Lord was with him. 
So Joseph quickly became overseer of Potiphar's house. Now let's see what scripture has to say about another kind of blessing that was released in this situation. So the latter part of verse 5 says, The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. This is speaking about Potiphar's possessions, Potiphar's house, all that he had in the house, all that he had in the field. This is the principle of headship. And I really want to stop and slow down and teach you on this. The principle of headship. Because Joseph was given authority over the household, all, household, all of what he had authority over was blessed. This is why you see a business prosper when a child of God is made the CEO, the president, the vice president, and so on. When they become overseer, when they are placed in a position of authority. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's a pizza shop. It could be a pizza shop. It could be a bank. It could be a corporation. It could be a firm. And I'm telling you, when, when a person who is a true man or woman of God is placed in authority in that business, in that ministry, or whatever it might be, there is a blessing that's going to trickle down because of that headship, because of that principle of headship. Truth, truth be told, a person of integrity is priceless because of the fact that you can trust the decisions they make without second-guessing them. And I hope... Uh, that you have people of God placed in positions of authority above you. And if not, I would pray for that. I would pray that you would be able uh, to have bosses, to have pastors, to have people set in positions of authority over you who are godly. You know, and I pray for that for our government, for the government of the United States of America. I pray that we would have more godly politicians, godly uh presidents and governors and mayors, and we need to continue to pray about that. So later on in chapter 39, Joseph's character and integrity is proven by his denial of Potiphar's wife. Now, this is a true test of integrity. He wasn't tempted once, but the scripture says she attempted to seduce him day by day. There was no doubt in my mind that this woman was operating under the influence of a Jezebel spirit. You know, we see a Jezebel spirit operating in America today through manipulation, control, and a spirit of witchcraft. We see the spirit of Jezebel operating in so many different ways in these modern times, but it goes all the way back to that woman Jezebel. It goes all the way back to Potiphar's wife. It goes all the way back. It's an ancient demon, and in fact, all demons are ancient. Okay, they've been here since the fall, since before the fall of man. They were cast out of heaven. They are fallen angels. You know, I'm not one who believes that they're Nephilim, the spirits of Nephilim. I'm one who believes that they are fallen angels, and they are demonic spirits. I'm not sure where that teaching came from, and I don't mean to get off topic, but it's something that I want to address and tell you. I don't believe in the Nephilim spirits that those are demons because that's not biblical. There's nothing in Scripture that says anything like that, but it does talk about fallen angels and demonic spirits. Accusation, manipulation, and witchcraft are Jezebel's trademarks. Because of the accusation made by Joseph, or made against Joseph, he was thrown into prison. The interesting thing is that at this time, such an accusation would have more often than not 
resulted in an execution. And I truly believe that Joseph's overseer, his master at the time, Potiphar, knew Joseph's character. He knew that he shouldn't execute him because this was probably truth that he was speaking, but he had to do this. He had to throw him in prison to defend his wife's honor. That's what I truly believe happened in this situation. So the favor of God remained evident as Joseph was delivered from death to, ladder, to later be called upon by Pharaoh himself. He was later called on by Pharaoh after interpreting a couple of the men's dreams in the prison and that is eventually how God delivers him. He has to go through a tunnel where he doesn't necessarily see the light at the end of it. He has to go through a trial. He has to go through a time where he doesn't see how there could possibly be hope. But he holds on to hope. He holds on to his faith. And he presses in. He presses in. And I'm telling you, press into your faith. Hold on. Hallelujah. Hold on, brother. Hold on, sister. Hold on to those who are listening, who are watching right now, hold on, hold on to the Lord. Hold on to the Lord. It's just a little while longer. It's just a little while longer. And that might mean a day for you. That might mean a month for you. That might mean a year for you. But I'm telling you, God is faithful. He's true. He's come through for me time and time again. And this story of Joseph's life is proof that God is faithful if you would endure and ask for his strength to carry you through. Now understand this, if there's a great call on your life, you'll have to walk through a time of testing and refining before you're entrusted with all God has for you. God has to crush you before he can make you into something that is, uh, that is useful. God has to bring us through a time of refining where we're refined in the fire and he makes us pure gold. Without that refining, we would never become the people that God had intended us for uh, or had intended us to be in him. God allowed a time of trial to see how Joseph would respond to this temptation, how he would respond to this time in prison, how he would respond to this to this uh, trial and temptation and, and tribulation. Would he break under pressure? Would he give up on the faith altogether? Or would he hold on to the promise of God? Would he hold on to that dream and that dream? Hallelujah. Would that dream carry him through? So I once heard a preacher say, if you won't quit, then God won't quit. And that couldn't be more true. Hold on to the promise of God. Don't stop believing the past is the past. And God is here right now to see you through. And if you continue to read Joseph's story, you realize that he didn't break under pressure. In fact, he never lost the, the faith. He never lost the deep, intimate connection that he had with the Lord. The only way he could have thrived through the difficulties he faced was staying submitted to God's will. That's the only way he could have continued on. He knew that if God brought him to it, that he would bring him through it. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And as he continued to trust in the Lord, God's spirit continued to rest upon him. And the spirit of God allowed him to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So let's get a little deeper here. Okay, I want you to understand that we have the spirit within us as Christians. 
We have the Spirit operating, but there's a flow of the Spirit. There's a flow of the Spirit that we need to live in. We need to live in the overflow. And Joseph, as he was in that prison, as he began to interpret dreams of these other people that were in the prison, as he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, he could have easily been discouraged. He could have easily been angry. Okay, hallelujah. There could have been a root of bitterness that formed inside of him because his brothers did such a terrible thing to him, but instead he forgave them. And I'm telling you, he forgave them ever be, uh, way before, way before he ever saw them face to face. And how can I tell you that? Because if he would have had a root of, bit, root of bitterness, if he would have had so much anger and frustration in the prison, he would have quenched the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that he would have been able to interpret the dreams of those men and the dreams of Pharaoh if he wasn't flowing and operating in the Holy Spirit in the prison and even when he was brought before Pharaoh. So that's how we have to flow. That's how we have to move. Every stumbling block before us, every time we feel angry, frustrated, every time we feel fear or anxiety pressing in, we need to take it to the Lord and just say, Lord, I put this in your hands. Forgive me if I've sinned. Forgive me, Lord. And I forgive those who have offended me. I don't want to quench your spirit. I want to live in your spirit. I want to move in your spirit. I want to receive revelation, dreams, and visions, and insight from you that I can live my life to the fullest, that I can be the person of God that you've created me to be. So by operating in his giftings, Joseph was placed in a position by Pharaoh where he became ruler over all of Egypt. The only person in the land who had greater authority was Pharaoh himself. And this was a picture. This is a picture of the father and the son. You may not see it that way, but Pharaoh was compared and is compared spiritually to God in this story. And Joseph is compared to the son. The son of God has the same authority as the father, but he is the son. And Joseph symbolizes Jesus here. He symbolizes him as having the signet ring, as having the same authority as Pharaoh. And the son of God has the same authority as the father does spiritually. So when Jesus saw his brothers again, they needed uh, what he was able to provide, and that was forgiveness. He could have rejected them and cursed them. He could have had them executed or in prison. But instead, he said something very different. What did he do? He forgave them. He told them this in Genesis 45, 5. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. He saw the, the big picture. He had the revelation from God. He could see in the spiritual realm. He wasn't looking at the natural and saying, how dare you do this to me? Now I'm the king. Now I'm just going to take your head off. Now I'm just going to put you in the prison for life. Okay, hallelujah. Many of us would probably do that. And I'll be honest, in my flesh, I would feel like doing a whole lot of other things. But he wasn't in the flesh. He was moving in the spirit. He was allowing the spirit to operate through him. He was allowing the spirit to have his way. So I pray that for you. I pray that for myself, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to have his way and that we would get out of his way so he would do his work so that we can see the big picture at the end of that dark tunnel where God can bring things together, restore, that he would restore, heal, and deliver in our lives. 
So those words were spoken by a man who could see things from a different perspective. Joseph saw the big picture. He saw God's plan to preserve and protect God's people. But Joseph wouldn't have seen it this way if he didn't forgive and let the Holy Spirit have his way. So do you feel spiritually blocked? Do you need to forgive? I'm asking you this question right now because it's time to get right with God. It's time to just throw everything down at his feet. It's time to get down at the feet of Jesus and just give it to him. It's time to repent of unbelief, doubts, hatred, and every other sinful thought and act that we have been involved with. Once you repent, once you ask God for forgiveness, you can be clean again. Your heart can be clean again, and you can restore the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. So if you want to pray with me, please pray with me. Please join with me in this prayer and just say these words. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are good, that you are holy, that you are gracious, and that you are true. We thank you that we can trust you with our lives. We thank you that we can trust you that in the hard times, in the difficult moments where it's even difficult to forgive, if we put our trust in you, you can show us the way. And we trust you to show us the way. We trust you to stay with us. Jesus, you spoke, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. I am with you always, even until the end. And Jesus, we hold you to that promise. And we just come before your feet right now, Jesus, and we just say, Lord, take all of it. Forgive us of our sins. Take our anxieties, take our fears, take our depression, take our anger, our frustration, and our bitterness. We forgive those who have, for, who have sinned against us, and we ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse us, purify our minds, our hearts, and our spirits that we would be one with you, that we would be connected with you as Joseph was, that we would have favor, great favor, and you would prosper us greatly as you did in Joseph's life. We pray together right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I pray that God just plucked up that root of bitterness that's been growing in you. I just prophesy and declare and decree that God is healing, restoring, and delivering in your life, that he's making the things that were broken whole once again, that he's restoring. And if you need prayer, please put up your prayer requests um, whether they be general or detailed, put up your prayer requests. You can direct message me or you can comment here on this feed. But thank you so much for joining me. I just believe that God is moving by his spirit. Get out of the way so that he can have his way. God bless you.